Welcome to Road Trip to Wellness, the podcast. I'm your host, Rona Dixon, and we are coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. Cold-ass Indianapolis, Indiana, that is. It is freezing here today, and I'm not happy about it, but you know what? It's that time of year. But we are here um, with Road Trip to Wellness to give you simple, practical solutions to help you along your wellness journey. Road Trip to Wellness, the podcast, offers a healthful wellness platform for women and people of color through guest appearances, personal stories, trending news, and healthy humor. I am here today with my homegirl, Natasha Cheatham. She is the founder of Minority Recovery Collective, incorporated here in Indianapolis, Indiana. She is a community health worker and a mental health advocate and has an amazing story. And I'm so, so, so excited to share my homegirl, Natasha. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Roro. What's happening? (laughs) You know, um, first and foremost, I'm just... First and foremost, I am just so happy um, that you invited me um, on your podcast. And two, I'm doing fabulous. Awesome. That's so good to hear. <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear all about yes, why and how you're doing fabulous. <laughs> um, but first of all, I wanted you just to let people know a little bit about MERCY, um, the acronym for Minority Recovery Collective. Uh, and uh, just tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So, yes, uh, Minority Recovery Collective, Inc., M-R-C-I, pronounced Mercy, um, founded in November 2018. So we're coming up on one year. Oh, congrats. Um, Thank you. And um, I really started Mercy as a response to an issue that I was having personally Mm -hmm. um, and that I knew that other people were having, and that was my response. And so as a person in recovery from addiction and mental illness, I noticed that there were not enough social spaces free of alcohol and substances and all of those things. And after searching and searching and searching, and not finding those spaces, let alone finding those spaces um, with people of color, I said, well, let me just create it then. If you know Natasha, (laughs) that's not a surprise. (laughs) It's not. And so that's pretty much how Mercy was born. It was really, like I said, to answer the call and provide more social spaces for uh, my community, for us to come together and make authentic connections and truly see each other without the lens of influence. And it has since grown and like almost exploded. (laughs) It is like so big. And I have to constantly remember like, I'm not even a year yet. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome, Natasha. I can't wait to hear more. Yes. And so, um, Mercy, to kind of just give a a brief look into our programming, um, we started out with what we called Sober Socials. So that was that social space that we created. Um, Started out with a family game night. We even hosted a karaoke night and a craft night. And all of those did really well. Um, Great responses. Um, And since then, we've grown to not only have those, we now also have um, workshops that we host in the community. Our most popular one um, is called It's Just Peel. And we talk about opioids in the black community. Yes, I did see that on Instagram. Yes, yes. and so right now we have a run every first Monday over at BU Wellness Network. Yes, they I are, saw that. Yes, they have been an awesome community partner for that us. That is amazing. Yes, so um, that's really my first time even saying that out loud, that they're a community partner. Um, but, you know, they have been really just instrumental in 
our growth as an organization and honestly instrumental in helping me on a personal and business tip. Um, and so I'm so grateful that they've offered their space to us um, for that workshop in particular. And then we also are working on a youth curriculum, which I'm really, really Yay. excited about. Um, and that centers around mental health and substance abuse among young people, um, some suicide prevention in there as well. Um, and that is in developments, and I'm really excited for that to come out in the spring of next year. That is amazing. It doesn't surprise me, like I said, because <laughs> she is a boss, boss, boss. So, Natasha, you know that we are here on a road trip to wellness. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your wellness journey and what brought you to Mercy, to begin Mercy. Uh, just just give us a little bit of background on, on your wellness journey. Absolutely. So, I can honestly say this journey started about when I was eight years old. Um, when I was eight years old, my mom was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And... I still remember the night she, you know, we went to Wishard and received that diagnosis. Um, my mom had dropped me off at school like any other day. Um, and then at recess, you know, one of the kids was like, isn't that your mom? And I'm like, what's she doing here? What's going on? And so she's like, I just wanted to come and see you and check on you. And I'm like, okay. You know, even at eight years old, I'm like, that's strange, mm -hmm. but all right. And she was like, I'll be back to come pick you up from school and never showed up. Mm. And so ended up getting picked up by a church member and sat at the church until my grandpa got off. He could come get me. So me and my grandfather went home and around midnight or somewhere after there, uh, bang on the door and it's the police. My mom was literally standing in the middle of the street and almost got hit by a car. Oh, wow. And so, you know, they were trying to get her to come into the house because they checked our ID and saw the address. Um, and from there, you know, that was an ordeal. And from there, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And it kind of just snowballed from there. Um, at 16, at 16, I went through two very traumatic events back to back. I was sexually assaulted. Hmm. And then, literally days later, my boyfriend at the time was shot and killed. And shortly, honestly, that night, literally the night of his funeral, started my addiction to alcohol. Mm. Um, and that addiction lasted for about 10 to 11 years. Um, and that addiction was not just to alcohol. Um, it was honestly an addiction to sex. It was an addiction to pills. Um, and... Yeah, it, it took me through some things. And in 2016, I was in my last semester of college, getting ready to graduate, and it was just like everything kind of came crashing down. Mm. Um, and I didn't graduate. I had left my, you know, now ex-husband like about six months prior to that. I'm still mourning the loss of my grandfather from years earlier. Um, cause never quite really dealt with that. And we know how that goes. Um, and I just went, I, I spiraled out, came back out of that by the end of 2016. I was like, okay, something has to give. Try going sober, um, lasted for a little while, um, fell off. And then in May, 2017, I had reconnected with my mom after us not seeing or speaking to each other. Um, for about two years and reconnected with her on Mother's Day 
May 2017 and said, I'm going to take this as a sign to get my shit together. Wow. And so I had my last drink um, May 14th of 2017. So May 15th is what I mark as my soberversary. Um, You're soberversary. <laughs> I love it. And so um, I haven't picked up a, a drink since then. Um, and it, it's it been game changing, to wow. be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the last almost, uh, oh, going on three years now. I don't even feel like it. Um, the last two and a half years of sobriety have been eye-opening. Um, I really saw myself for the first time mm-hmm. in this two and a half years. Um, and I realized that everything that I've always wanted as far as career-wise, I was going to have to create it. Mm-hmm. I realized that during this mm-hmm. sobriety journey. And it makes me wonder if I hadn't become sober would mercy even be a thing right now? Would I even see? Would I have even seen this mm-hmm. um, as as a possibility or as my career? So um, yeah, that's that's my journey. Wow, yeah, it's an amazing <laughs> journey. And I've heard the story before, um, but every time you tell me, it's just still so mind blowing. Um, I'm sitting here with you. And I see you because I knew you at one of your darker times, um, at one of your lower times, yeah. and had no idea until yeah. you did share those things with me. And now I'm sitting, I'm almost getting a little emotional because I'm sitting start. here with you, <laughs> and I'm serious, Natasha. Yeah. The glow up is real. I mean, for real, for real. You look radiant. I appreciate you that. You are shining. I see you on social media. I see you around, and you are just glowing. What is what is that? What is that all about? Um, it's a couple of things. First and foremost, um, I came to know Tasha truly. Mm. Like I knew all of my darkness and all of my demons. I did not know my light. Mm. I did not know the the joy that was in me. I did not know the love that I was capable of giving and receiving. Mm. Um, I just didn't know the positive side to myself. And coming to know that person and love that person and accept that I do have light in me, because something that I feel like most people um, who struggle with addiction and maybe even mental illness, you feel like just a terrible person Mm. all the time. You feel like a horrible person because, I mean, you've maybe stolen from your family. You've maybe done things that you thought you'd never do. You experience so many things in the throes of addiction specifically that and then people throw things on you you know and and project things on you um when you're experiencing those things that you internalize it Mm -hmm. and so i spent all of these years i'm a terrible person i'm an awful person i'm like i mean so hard on myself and i finally realized i'm not there's a Mm -hmm. lot of terrible people in this world and i'm not one right and so i was able to finally realize i'm a good person that made some terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. That's it, and that's all. And once I was able to truly see that and accept that, it made all of the difference. I started being able to see my light, so my light was able to shine through. The other piece of that, honestly, has been my partner, Selena. Mm-hmm. Um, she is definitely my other, my better half. Um, we balance each other quite well. Um, and we have been through some things as a couple 
um, in the almost two years we've been together that I know one, she ain't going nowhere and I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> um, but two, that if I can go through those things and I have her by my side, I can do anything. Oh, I love it. So. Selena's here. Say hi, Selena. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> I love it. That is so beautiful. And they are beautiful. They are beautiful, you guys. They really, really are. That's so beautiful to know. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing with us about mercy. I just wanted to touch on a couple things before we um, go. This time of year, winter brings about a lot of sadness. It brings all of that. It pulls that up in people. Um, what are some things that you can share with us, um, knowing your background and some things that you have been through um, and your issues with um, mental health um, and your work with mental health, mental illness and uh, mental health disorders? What are some things that you can share with people that they can do in darker times, in lower times, to really help pull them up and pull them out? Absolutely. Um, my first and foremost thing is get you a trusted person if you don't have one. Um, Selena so happens to be my trusted person, and that has worked out um, tremendously for me. I trust her enough to tell her I'm having suicidal thoughts right now. Mm. You need a person in your life that you can say that to. And it, there's no judgment. There's no anything. It's what kind of support do you need? Do you feel like that stuff still bubbles up? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. um, I, to be perfectly honest, I struggle with suicidal ideation almost on a daily basis. Mm. Um, and that, that's the thing about bipolar disorder. Um, it, it That's a part of it. Um, you know, depression is a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and with that... It's a struggle. There are days where I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's not because anything has happened or anything is going on, but it's just, it's literally my mind playing tricks on me. Mm. Um, and so I, that's my first, that, that's always my go-to advice is get you at least one trusted person. Um, my other piece of advice is to try to incorporate things um, in your daily routine, weekly routine, however, that um, mimic things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. So things that I do, I listen to um, healing tones or healing frequencies. That is like her daily thing. That's all she talks about. Listen, it's my go-to <laughs> because it, it is. Why always share that? She always shares that. It it really works, and it has helped me so much amazing when I, that's when I struggle to meditate when and I, I concur I agree I do agree like when I struggle to meditate when I struggle to center myself and to just calm down I turn on those things um whether they're nature related or whether they're just um sometimes they're sounds or um if you're familiar with um what are those things the uh, singing bowls, mm -hmm. bowls. um mm -hmm. If uh, you're familiar with those things, uh, they, they sound like that sometimes. Or like I said, they're nature sounds. Like I listen to rain. That's like one of my favorite things to listen to. I'll listen to um, bonfires. But I, I try to mimic those things that bring me joy. Mm -hmm. um, one last thing I will suggest. Um, if you're not familiar with crystals, um, definitely get familiar. That has helped me a whole lot. Um, because I've always very much believed in energy and its power mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, as an individual person and as a collective. Um, I've always been very intentional about my words and those things. So affirmations um, are a part of my daily practice. But crystals have helped me a great deal 
um, to essentially pinpoint my energy. Mm. Um, I will have certain uh, crystals do research and say, okay, this is around this theme. So either I'll do affirmations specific to this, or I will, you know, meditate on a certain phrase or even a word sometimes, or even a mental picture. Um, but I, I utilize crystals in a variety of different ways. The last thing about crystals is salt lamps. Absolutely love Himalayan salt lamps. Mm-hmm. They are actually, um, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I do believe that they are scientifically like proven to kind of mimic uh, sunlight. Oh wow! Um, and so, if you are especially in winter months, seasonal affective disorder is so real. Yes, it is. <laughs> it yes, is it so is. so real. Um, we are people of the sun. Mm-hmm. We are as people of color. We are people of the sun. We don't have sun. Um, Mm. Um, when we don't have sun, we feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, we you know they call us humans for a reason. You know, the hue of our skin um, is imperative to how we operate as individuals, and we can't operate the same as white people or people of non-color, however you want to word it. We can't operate the same way that they do. Um, we need the sun. Yeah, we absolutely do. And so, if I can mimic the sun in any way, shape, or form during the winter time, I do. When the sun does come out, I'm sure to open the blinds right. and all of those things. But I think we don't even realize how much the depletion of sun weighs in on mm-hmm. seasonal affective disorder. Like I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's cold," and that's why I'm kind of like depressed. No, it's the lack of sun. <laughs> like you're not getting that the nutrients from the sun that we need. Um, but also, you're not just getting you're not getting the warmth and the and the joy, honestly, that comes with having the sun. Um, so yeah, that that would be what I would suggest. I love that. I love that. See, I told you we were going to bring you some new ideas. Um, that's the thing about road trip to wellness. So really, thank you for sharing that about crystals. Absolutely. Um, last question that I wanted to ask you: We again are here in Indianapolis, Indiana, the Midwest. Uh, I travel quite a bit. Natasha does as well. But what do you feel like as it relates to mental health? Um, what do you feel like is missing in our city here in Indianapolis? Um, anything in particular? What could we do better? Um, how can we help individuals here in our city? Um, what What are some things that you feel like um, we, we're missing or we can do better? Um, I'm first going to say mercy. And not mercy my organization, but mercy the act of mercy. And it's why I named my organization what I did and wanted to go by the the word mercy because we are not very forgiving um, and kind to those who suffer from addiction and mental Mm. illness. We're very hard. We're very judgmental. We are just downright nasty, to be perfectly honest, towards this demographic of people. Um, And my whole thought was we all need mercy. Mm -hmm. We all, you know, do things, um, experience things that, you know, we make decisions based off of. And then we like, "Mm, I probably shouldn't have done that, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And I just think that we need to start looking at people um, as people. We need to personalize the issues of addiction and mental illness. Um, Because I've noticed that people don't care until it affects them directly. Mm -hmm. So I'm not about, Mm -hmm. I'm not about humanizing the issue. I'm about personalizing Mm -hmm. it. Um, They say that one in three people know someone affected by the opioid crisis or affected by opioid use disorder. Yes. 
I like to give the statistic, and it's not an official statistic. It's based on observations um, that I've made over the last year. I would say one in two people of color know someone directly to them mm-hmm. affected by addiction and mental illness. Mm-hmm. I sit in circles all the time. Yeah, my auntie, my cousin, my mom, my dad, my grandma. And I'm like, so why are we not having more conversations? Right. Right. Clearly there's an issue here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that kind of segues me into my other piece is that we don't have enough spaces for us as people of color to have authentic conversations. When we do try to occupy spaces, most of the time those, those spaces are not ours. We're renting the space from mm-hmm. a white person or someone else or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so that space isn't ours. And I believe that in order for us to truly heal from these issues, we have to do it in spaces that are by us, cultivated for us, mm-hmm. in our experiences. Mm-hmm. So that's what I believe is missing from not only Indianapolis, but just on a national level, especially um, on services rendered for on services rendered for mental health and addiction, they're not culturally competent. Mm. Most times it's very blanketed things. It's based on white experience. And we can't heal from that. Right. We, we can't. Um, and so, like I said, we need more spaces that are biased and curated for us in our experiences. Amazing. And I believe that's what's missing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate your time with us today um, here on Road Trip to Wellness. Tell us where we can find you, Tasha. So you can find uh, me, myself, on Instagram, Transparently Tasha. Um, And then you can find Mercy on all social media platforms at wearemercy.org. We are mercy.org. That's the website. Sorry, y'all. Um, so that is W E A R E M R C I. And um, like I said, add a .org on that. That's the website. Add a at sign in front of it. That's us on social media. So um, <laughs> again, that's W E A R E M R C I. And when is the next Sober Social again? One more time. Yes, Let yes. Us know. So um, we actually have two events this month since we are turning one. Yay! So um, a week from tomorrow, we have a Dine and Donate and Play. Yes, um, and so it's a new take on the Dine and Donate experience. I, um, as a minority business owner, wanted to highlight other minority-owned businesses, specifically restaurants, because... Um, the Dine and Donate experience is cool and all, but I want as much as possible to promote my own community. Mm-hmm. So have partnered with local uh, minority-owned restaurants to give this experience once a month um, to uh, not only highlight and bring more traffic to them um, as a business, but also to highlight our cause and bring more awareness to that. So that is a week from tomorrow on the 20th at the Missing Brick. It is some bomb pizza if you have not been. I heard it was really good. It is fire. Oh my God. Um, like some of the best pizza like legit I've ever had um, best in Indy for sure um, so come find out again a week from tomorrow um, and that is from 6 to 9 p.m. you come in between that window and a percentage of proceeds will go to Mercy to awesome. help further our programming oh my gosh um, Natasha that's amazing yes I'm really excited uh, Miss Q um, the owner of the Missing Brick um, is just phenomenal. She's she's been very supportive, um, and I'm just grateful that she is uh, rendering her space to us to do this. Um, and then on Sunday, the 24th, we will.
will be at Cleo's Cafe over mm. at Flanner House off of 24th and MLK. And that is our next Sober Social. We're actually doing a live game of Family Feud. Mad hype. is going to be so <laughs> funny and so fun. And Mad I love hype. Cleo's. I love that space. It's love an it. amazing community yes. space. Yes. Again, um, very intentional as mercy to occupy spaces that are by us and for us. I am loving you right so, now. Thank you. <laughs> I am. So very, very intentional. I chose Cleo's um, for, for that very reason. It's Black-owned. Um, they're brand new. They just opened back in June. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things. Let's just promote each other and help each other um, and do this. And I'm really excited. Um, my meeting that I actually just left before coming here, I now have my host for the Family Feud. Yay! Um, the Craftsman from the group Gritty and the Craftsman. And so I'm really, really excited. He's super funny. Um, so he's just going to bring all the energies. So I'm, I'm excited. I will be there. Please I do. absolutely do. love it, love it, love yes. it. Find Tasha on so all social media platforms. Visit her website at wearemercy.org. And we will see you next time on Road Trip to Wellness, straight from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Rona Dixon. We are out.